1: Hi again everyone and welcome to the Cincy Shirts Podcast. It's episode 151. Today on our show, the best of 2020, part 1. Yes, we've gone through all the episodes from 2020 and picked out some choice nuggets from select episodes. I'll also give you a quick rundown on all the other episodes. We're kind of reliving the great moments and or letting you know what you might have missed In 2020, you can then go back and listen or re-listen to those episodes at your leisure. So many great guests and fun stories from 2020, even though it was kind of a wacky year. Now, if you've been liking the podcast, you can help support it via PayPal or Venmo. Simply use podcast at CincyShirts.com. Chip in whatever you feel is fair. Also, be sure to listen for the special promo code for 20% off until the end of the episode. I guess I get to, uh, so you don't have an actual guest today, I guess I get to uh, pick the promo code. So stay tuned for that. Now let's recap the first half of 2020 on the Cincy Shirts podcast. cincinnati
2: ohio i come from c-i-n-c-i-n-n-e-t-i cincinnati she came down from cincinnati just maybe think of me once in a while
3: i'm at cincyshirts.com in cincinnati
1: So we started with episode 101 on January 15th after last year's Best Of, and we had uh, Colleen and Andy from the Cincinnati Zoo. They are the cat ambassador trainers. So they gave us some insight into what it's like to train cheetahs and other animals at the zoo and raise them. We also heard about uh, Chris and Remus, uh, two very popular animals from the zoo. Still sell a lot of their shirts, actually. It's a very popular shirt. Uh, Best Friends is the name of the shirt. If you want to check that out. We then had Aquarium Artisans on for episode 102. Uh, There's some folks that Darren had heard of Darren's big into the aquariums, and he'd heard of these folks, and they build, like, proper aquariums for people's houses, like ones, like, you can swim in, maybe, and uh, they told all kinds of crazy stories about uh, not only ones that they have done, but ones they've had to come and fix because uh, the people that installed them didn't do a very good job. It's just fascinating stuff, How and there's more to putting aquarium a big aquarium in a house uh, than meets the eye, apparently. We had Danny McLean on. She is a journalist and author. She grew up in Camp Denison. She is now the writer in residence at the Cincinnati Public Library. We find out what all that means, and all about her career and how she uh, wound up to where she was at. Uh, you know, we talk about her high school head before heading off to New York City, where she uh, this is where she first got interested in writing. She wasn't really sure if she was going to do that until she got there. So that was a fascinating story. We get up then to Jacob Trevino. He's an entrepreneur. Uh, He founded the Guerrilla Cinema, if you're familiar with. Uh, Also runs the Overlook Lodge, Tokyo Kitty, the Golden Sparrow, Lucky's Prime Steakhouse, and all that. And he talked to us. We have a clip here. He talked to us about why he and his wife get on.
2: So, um, yeah. So we met, and she is our creative director of Guerrilla Cinema, our company, and does just uh, all – she brings to life a lot of the ideas, So graphic designs, menus, uh, anything that you see on the internet is basically her work. So I think that's what attracted us to each other is like we felt like each um, we had great creative chemistry, which is like a weird thing to say, because I think most people think about like your marriage and like what first attracts you to somebody is like sexual energy. Um, And for us, it's like it's always been like a real like interesting creative relationship that I think. Um, if, um, I was just married to someone that was like a real estate agent, I don't think I would, this is going to sound terrible, but (laughs) it would be hard for me to love that person because (laughs) so much of our relationship is built on, wouldn't it be great if, and then you say the thing that you want to exist in the world. Yeah. Um, and no, it's just, sometimes it's just like, just casual conversation. Like, wouldn't it be crazy if. Uh, we did a bar that was based around the music of Britney Spears and bluegrass. And then you like, kind of like play out like what that would be. And, yeah. it, and it's just, it's, it's fun. Like, and it's, um, or, Hey, there's this, there's this really cool immersive exhibit. Would you like to go? And I think that's what you, I, I don't know. A good marriage is like, uh, Chris Rock says like, uh, someone that you want to have sex with and someone that you want to eat dinner with is the things that make a great marriage. <laughs> um, and to me, too, it's like, um, yes, but over dinner, like, what are you talking about? And then after sex, what are you talking about? And for us, it's cre- creative projects. Yeah. And I think that's really fun. Making like, that money. Yeah. and Well, I don't Love even think it. it's making well, money. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, I think um, uh, we did not get into this to be rich and to, like, make a fortune. Like, I've been very fortunate in that so our first bar, the Overlook Lodge, um, uh, was kind of like a, a hit. Like, people liked it. When I first said, I want to build this bar based off Stephen King's The Shining, uh, I got a lot of people saying, like, good luck with that, man. Like, that's, you know, yeah, like Sounds good on paper. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh... So there you have it. There's uh, a lot of intricacies to marriage, of course, as a lot of you will attest to, you married folks out there, uh, like me, can attest to that fact. And Jacob with some uh, interesting insight there. Uh, the following episode is really cool, too. Fluke Skywalker, you may know Fluke if you follow our social uh, and things like that. Uh, Fluke, of course, is the guy that looks like Luke Skywalker, older Luke Skywalker from the later Star Wars movies. You know, properly looks like him. In fact, we rented out the, the RJ Cinema Distillery and Tap Room there in Eastgate and uh, with the family, social distance, just the family, and we watched uh, Rogue One, I think it was, and anyway... As soon as he turns around, I'm like, man, Fluke really looks like Luke. It is crazy. Now we find out, did he always look like Luke? Who knows? you have to listen to the episode to find out. But we have a clip here of him describing one of the first events he ever did as Fluke Skywalker and how it uh, quickly got out of hand. And I give him a business card and say, stick this in your pocket right now. And when you get home,
3: you can check it out later. I'll put your picture up online. Yeah, something like that. So, um... Uh, that's my only out to do it that way without hurting their feelings, and and, and it doesn't stop. Um, in um, my daughter graduated from high school and she got a scholarship to go to the DAP program at UC. Wow! So uh, smart kid. Uh, both kids are <laughs> lucked out, really smart kids. So um, I said, you know, Mom and I want to get you a graduation present. What do you want? She says, let's go to Comic Con out in San Diego. I like the Comic Con. Okay. So, uh, we talked about it and I, you know, she said, can you do your Luke Skywalker thing out there? So, geez, sweet. I, you know, I just do this around here. I, you know, put my stuff on here and just for fundraisers. Those guys are the best on the planet and they come from all over the planet. They are top notch. I saw them out there too. Yeah. So, uh, I said, how do you think I'm going to do out there? She says, don't worry, Dad, you'll blend. So if you're listening to this podcast now, you can Google this. You'll do it twice. So uh, you're going to look for a newspaper out in California. It's called the Orange County Register. They did a story. Uh, and then somebody shot a 30-second video and put it on YouTube. So you would Google Comic-Con 2019 Mark Hamill lookalike. And so there's a story in the Orange County Register, and then you'll come up, and it'll be YouTube after that. And we'll put the links on yeah. the blog <coughs> yep. uh, yeah. for this episode. Yeah, yeah. And look, and so, up here, so I'm out there, and uh, so she and I are out there. So she knows not to call me Dad when we're out there, because that blows people's images and stuff. So I always call her Wedge, right? Because Wedge was a sidekick, and he was always faithful. So I say, you know, Wedge. so Wedge comes up and says, hey, Dad, can we get a shot by a Star Wars sign? I said, yeah, let's wait till these Spider-Man guys move. I don't know where I sit there. So we go over. <laughs> so we get a shot there, too. I right? take a couple pictures. And and then Darth Vader walks up and says, can we do a picture together? Yeah, sure. So we're there, right? And Darth So then a, a uh, Leia comes along. A really good-looking Princess Leia, too. Right right on, spot on. And so we're taking And all of a sudden, this crowd starts forming. And it slowly starts building. Now, Ed, she's off to the side here. She's got my phone and my water. And this crowd gets bigger. And bigger and bigger. And the people keep coming in closer and closer and closer. And it's one person after another. Mr. Hamill, can I get a picture, please? Can I get a selfie with you? And, you know, I'm I'm not Mark Hamill. I'm Luke Skywalker. Don't you watch the movies? You know, on, on like that. So, uh, (laughs) so they keep coming in like that. And I cannot convince them. I yelled at the top of my lungs one point like that. I'm not Mark Hamill. I'm Harrison Ford. (laughs) And the guy yells back, even better. (laughs) So I just crack up. It's funny, right? But people are coming in like, like, Unbelievable. There's a guy shoving uh, a kid in the crowd going, We got a wheelchair here. We got a wheelchair and I'm parting the sea. And I'm, I'm, you know, you squat down because one thing I learned in teacher's college was that when you're talking to kids, you come down to their level. It's a lot less intimidating. Plus, you know, I'm this guy and all this fantastic stuff going, the lightsaber's loud. So I got a good ultra saber, saber, and they, they're great. So i um, but I'm down there at their level like that. But, you know, everything's come down to it. So I, I come down and, and talk to the, the kid in the wheelchair and all that stuff and do selfies and whatever. But meanwhile, it's like, Gosh, guys, you know, I'm, I'm just this dad from Cincinnati trying to help out these families a little bit. You know, I'm not the guy. Right. So um, right. that was really wild. And so they were the crowd kept coming in closer and closer, and I've never been the center of a mob before. So my adrenaline's off the chart. I have no water. It's getting hotter. And I wear four layers of clothes when I'm there. It's heavy and stuff. And that, that, leather, yeah. that yeah. leather is custom made by a guy that does clothes for bikers and in Erlanger. Was, hey,
1: Spooley, I love you, man. Crazy stuff, eh? Fluke Skywalker uh, living one of his first appearances as Fluke, and he always stresses that he is Luke Skywalker, he is not Mark Hamill, and uh, you can of course find him, uh, just google Fluke Skywalker, you'll, you'll point you in the right direction um, as soon as all this is over and we're all back to normal, I'm sure he'll be out making appearances again, helping raise money for the various charities. Tommy, through all the Reds play-by-play man stopped by, uh, I'm going to play this clip is it, it, because it's interesting it was on February 19th, the episode dropped it was right before everything hit the fan and uh, Tommy kind of Thinking about the upcoming season, Darren asking him, well, how many games you reckon you'll do this year? You're going to do, be doing all of them now since Marty is retired, right?
3: So how many uh, how many games are you going to do this year compared to last year? You, um, you got to cut your teeth a little bit last yeah, year. Yeah, a little right? bit. Uh, it's it's going to be a lot more. Um, <laughs> 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 so I did around, I think I did around 70 games last year, all told. Oh, wow. in, in one way or another, I was on 70 broadcasts. Now, some of those I'd do three innings when Marty... Would work with an analyst, some of them I was just filling in for Marty and I'd, you know, work with Jeff. Others I did all night and, you know, so it it, it kind of varied, but I think it was right around seventy um that I I was a part of last year. This year I'll do all one sixty two. Uh as long as, you know, don't I don't get sick. So <laughs> hopefully hopefully won't have any sick days in there. Uh, but yeah, all one sixty two, um I think there's twenty eight spring training games. I'll have a couple of those off, so I'll do about twenty six of those and then uh, we'll see how many playoff games we have. That's right. uh, Yeah,
4: I'm telling you. uh, Now, the one thing...
1: Tommy Thrall reflecting on the Reds, what was then the Reds' upcoming season in 2020, and we all know where that went. Good finish, though, eventually. Got to the playoffs, at least. Um, The Blue Manatee folks stopped by. They're a bookstore in Oakley. That's episode 107. They discussed uh, how they came to... uh, own the Blue Manatee, because the Blue Manatee, I think, was under a different ownership before, and then uh, Amanda Cranius and uh, her, I believe, her husband took over the shop, and of course and now it's more of a non-profit, and she explains how you, roll, how you run a non-profit bookstore, and what does all that entail? Uh, Tommy Sheehan, graphic designer from the UK, came by with his big, thick English accent and discussed uh, art and artwork and, and how he spends his day uh, being an artist, uh, being a full-time artist. Again, right? this is all, of course, before the everything hit the fan. Master Provisions came by the next week. Uh, Guy Domek was who uh, came by. They Now, it sounds kind of dull on the surface of it. They just measure stuff, so it's all like industrial measuring, things like that, but uh, people also hire them to do really cool stuff. Oh, I don't know, like trek to the jungles of Honduras and South America to measure archaeological finds and figure out where these things are, how deep they are on the ground, what they are, what's inside them. That stuff's really cool. So do check out episode 109 if you uh, have any kind of an interest in that sort of thing. Uh, Catherine Bodak, episode 110. She was our last regular guest uh, before we had to go uh, do these things, uh, you know, I guess... Uh, remotely, uh, as it were, and Catherine uh, discusses uh, not only weather, like the other weather people we've had on before, but uh, some other... Uh, other things. The One interesting thing she did point out about the weather, I recall, is that she was the first one to tell us when they say there's a 30% chance of rain. She explained this, and no one had explained this to us before, not Frank, uh, not Randy Rico. But 30% chance of rain, and maybe you knew this, and I'm just dumb. It doesn't mean that there's a 30% chance that the area is going to get rain. It means 30% of the area is almost certainly going to get rain. So I just thought that was interesting, that distinction there. All right, so the uh, next episode after Catherine Bodek, we did a uh, Cincinnati stand-up comedy special. Of course, a lot of stand-up comedians work here at Cincy Shirts. Not only uh, Josh, of course. Uh, Darren used to be a stand-up comedian. I think people kind of forget how funny Darren is. If you follow us on social and he does our social post, uh, Darren's pretty hilarious. He just decided to uh, pursue his visual art and also to you know run this company, obviously. But of course, uh, John Holmes and Billy DeVore also stand-ups. I uh, threw in a clip, I think, from my days on the Burbank show. I mean, I've done stand-up, but I'm not a stand-up. I mean, I can do it if called upon but I consider myself more of a comedy writer, if anything. So there's some some of that in there. So that was a pretty fun show to do. Uh, we get up to Rob Irvin at episode 112. And Rob uh, worked for Gary Burbank. He also worked on WOXY 97X. And he told us a little story about how he first got hired uh, coming out of college at 97X after applying to be you know, a summer intern several times and getting turned down. He finally he finally cracked his way in.
0: Um, so but every year I'd go up there and I'd drop off a tape and I'd apply for a job and every year they'd say, hey, thanks for the tape, man. Okay, and I'll beat it. <laughs> and then uh, my brother, it's all, about, it's all about your relatives being in the right place at the right time. My brother was actually manager of a furrow lumber in Fairfield. And a salesman from 97X showed up to furrow lumber in Fairfield and said, hi, would you like to buy some commercial time? on 97 x and my brother said no i'm just the local manager of the furrow here uh but my little brother is looking for a job he just got out of college and he really did a lot of radio while he was up there and they said well he should uh, give us a call because we're actually hiring now and so from there i uh, yeah went went back up there with the, my, my little jacket and tie on and my cassette tape and actually had a real interview because i Yes, they, they did. Well, they were hiring because they did hire
1: me. And the following week, we had Chip Chinnery on. Chip Chinnery is a comedian who is from Cincinnati, but he moved out to Los Angeles oh, ages ago. And uh, he you know him as a comedian, one, and he's been on just loads and loads and loads of TV shows. Friends fans will recognize him uh, in an episode in which uh, Ross is eating at the museum and Joey is uh, also working at the museum temporarily as a, just to make some extra money. And I... Uh, Chip Jennery is one of the people that's eating lunch there, and he stands up and says something really funny. And uh, he also runs Chip's Money Tips. Those are handy, whether you're a comedian or not. And he told some great stories, including watching The Tonight Show one evening. I think this is back in the 90s. And uh, finding out that one of his jokes had been stolen by another comedian.
4: I was able to see another comic do some of my material, which is always a treat. Uh, uh, because he stole it. Now, I, I won't mention any names right now, but you know, the stand up com- comedy community is very tight. And I was in LA, uh, all of a sudden, my phone started ringing from the East Coast. You know, it's like 8.30, 9 o'clock my time in LA. Dude, this guy just did your joke. He did your Lincoln Memorial joke. It's like, what? And the joke's pretty specific. I said, oh, I saw the Lincoln Memorial. It's no wonder that guy was president. He must have been 30 feet tall. I think his slogan was, <laughs> vote for Abe or he'll squish you. You know, so something stupid like that. And, um, and the problem is, I knew, I worked with a guy who later worked with this comic, and the guy I worked with riffed my joke to this comic who did The Tonight Show. And the comic who did The Tonight Show said, hey, can I uh, do that joke? Yeah. So this guy who opened for me gave my joke to this unsuspecting comic who eventually did the Tonight Show.
1: So yeah, Chip Chinnery, I guess they buried the hatchet, did not mention who the comedian was. We didn't even find out off the air who it was. Uh, Maybe Josh knows, but uh, the following week we had on another 97X alum, Matt Sledge. And Matt hung on even after the format changed. Well, after the new owners took over, they kept that alternative for like, I don't know, a couple of months. And then uh, he had to get out of there. He said he couldn't take it. So a lot of interesting insight from Matt there. He went and worked at WNKU. He told us about that. He also tells us this interesting little nugget from the 97X days. Some of you may remember, if you've lived here a while, there was a station in the early 90s called Channel Z, which was run by a fella that uh, Clear Channel, I guess they were called Clear Channel at the time, It's you now know them as iHeartRadio, whatever the heck they're called. They hired Matt to run Channel Z, was supposed to compete with 97X, and Matt said, indeed, there was no bad blood between the two stations, except this one time...
0: I, I, I do yes, and uh, it, it's actually a funny story because the program director for Channel Z, Matt Harris, yes, is, he uh, was a ninety-seven X alum.
1: That is, that is right.
0: So he was obviously very familiar with the station, and I never really had any issues with them. Although I did have an issue with Sterling one time. Oh really? If, if, oh, yeah.
1: there's T with uh, if, Sterling. All
0: right. <laughs> there there is tea. And I I doubt he would even remember this, but it was when The Cure were in town back in uh, 96. Yeah. And so there was a backstage meet and greet. And of course, part of the deal was both 97X and Channel Z were involved. And Sterling wanted absolutely nothing to do with
1: us. So, yeah, a little dirt on Sterling. And I don't even know if Sterling still does uh, guest spots on WLW. He uh, became a talk show host Uh, Actually, and I think he worked in Columbus last I heard. I don't. Maybe we should dig up Sterling. He'd be a good one to to have on maybe. Sam the Chimp's lawyer joined us for episode one fifteen. Jim Sheets is his name. He lives down in Florida now. And if you know about Sam the Chimp, uh, out in Loveland, just outside of Loveland, uh, I can't remember the name of the little community that it's in. Uh, Oh, Foster. And it's right off the bike path there. And he tells us all about Sam the Chimp, uh, the trial with Sam the Chimp, and uh, with this little interesting nugget from the trial in which uh, one of the attorneys trying to get Sam released from uh, the, the bar there and taken to a preserver or wherever. Uh, well, Jim recalls uh, her testimony and how she kind of presented their case.
5: Um, from a, from a vet's point of view, he says, "Oh, he's perfectly healthy. He's, he's, he's nice and fairly tame. We're not particularly afraid of him. We do keep him in a cage." And I said, "Well, that's fine." And I didn't say anything about it. But mind you, if they rely on this expert witness who just told me there's nothing wrong with this animal, what are they going to? How are they going to prove cruelty? They have to do that. And so I sat on that. Finally, we get to uh, uh, trial, and of course, they couldn't. They prosecutor goes first, and they put on all these uh, witnesses trying to prove cruelty. Uh, well, finally, uh, I've forgotten her name. She's on TV. She's a primatologist of some repute, uh, was an expert witness. And she was going to testify, and did, that even though he may be perfectly healthy to a vet and not a thing wrong with him, you could prove cruelty or they tried to prove cruelty to animals psychologically. And this is a little tough with a, an ape, after all, I was saying. So I'm listening to all this, and this woman starts making ape sounds and the jury, and the, everybody's enjoying this. Uh, so I sat quietly, which, by the way, is difficult for a lawyer to do. <laughs> Let her go on and on. And, and the final came to share her real testimony, they ask her, well, how do you know that he was psychologically bothered or abused? And she said, well, I visited Sam while he down in the cage, right as this just started. And I uh, got with him, I don't know, 50 feet. He made eye contact with me and commenced to abuse himself.
1: So the whole episode is great, lots of funny stuff in there about Sam the Chimp, and uh, we believe Sam retired to a a nature preserve in Florida, that's the best information we have, Uh, some say that's not true, some say they're just putting a happy face on that to give it a happy ending, but from everything I have researched, I do believe that to be true, although we also believe he passed away shortly after arriving In Florida. Uh, Episode 116 is interesting. It's Ron Irvin. I didn't know Ron Irvin was kin to Rob Irvin until he told us, I think, right in the middle of the episode. uh, Ron is Rob's nephew. And boy, you can really kind of hear the voices. Rob sounds really twangy, even though he's from Hamilton. And Ron is also from Hamilton. Doesn't sound quite as twangy, but you can still hear it in his voice. You know him uh, as an extra on Chicago Med. And what do you mean you know extras? Well, he's in the background a lot on Chicago Med. And he's uh, a stand up comedian. He is also, I guess, a a bit of a sketch performer at times, and uh, he tells us about working on a TV series as that's his day job. He just goes and does that uh, every day, and he also talked about uh, some other shows that he has worked on and in other capacities. Uh, He most notably a stand-in for another popular show.
0: I have certain things like obviously Med is a good credit. That's the consistent one, but then I have weird things like uh, I mean, I guess I don't know if you know, but for anybody who might not know. When you're filming, you use what's called stand-ins or second team for actors, which is just somebody who kind of matches their physical spec. And you stand there while they line up the shots, cameras, things like that. And I worked as a stand-in. The most two recent ones where I worked on the recent season of Fargo, and that was really fun. That's just interesting. Med, it's so repetitive. It's one hospital stage, and that's it. Fargo is so much fun. And the stages and the sets were awesome, and that was great. But then the really cool one... Uh, was the latest, it's going to be coming out this year, I believe. It's a new Aaron Sorkin film called The Trial of the Chicago Seven.
1: So that's Ron Irvin talking about what it's like to work on Chicago Med, as well as Fargo and other series. And he also talked about what he'd be doing uh, in the upcoming year. Aaron Pryor Jr., the son of uh, boxing legend Aaron the Hawk Pryor, was on episode 117. And uh, we asked him all about boxing, how you get into it, what the boxing is like now, all kinds of details. And uh, we even got down to some of the nitty-gritty, like the concerns over C.T.,
0: it's a very funny thing as far as just um like boxing is hard, a little bit harder to kinda of control because of course the punches and whatnot. But yes, it's always a concern. That's what it says, you know, uh styles, styles of fighters, you know, you got the, the aggressive fighters are more likely to take more punishment than uh, some of the fighters that are more like boxers, you know. But it's all it's all very dangerous and it's all you always have to worry about that, the C T. So what's it like to get knocked out? Well, I've never been knocked out, so I don't know that nice. Let me knock on wood. I've never
1: been knocked out. So apparently boxing taking it very seriously, uh, looking out for the fighters, that's always good to hear. That is good news, certainly. Rajiv Satyal. Uh, I've known Rajiv for a long, long time. I've interviewed him many times. He's a stand-up comedian from uh, Fairfield, and he now lives in Los Angeles. Uh, He is uh, you've seen him, boy, he does all kinds of things actually. He does a lot of corporate work. You've probably seen him on TV. He does a lot of work in the, uh, the Indian community. Uh, he is uh, a proper Indian, not American uh native american but proper indian uh, he does a lot of work in that community as well but also just uh, a lot of kinds of work you know, just all over the board really and he started around the same time josh did he was also a png alum so those two really talked shop uh, talked about working with dave chappelle uh, combining his comedy and marketing backgrounds uh, which we got a little bit of uh right here he also uh, josh and him reminisce about one of the first big shows they ever did with a lot a lot of big name comedians right here in cincinnati
4: you're really combining your uh, your progression and stand-up with your corporate job. Like I remember, you brought me and <laughs> arguably the biggest comedian in the world right now, Sebastian Maniscalco. Yeah, and someone else uh, whose name escapes me to go. Roy bananas. Wood Junior. Was it Roy and Body McFarlane? Oh my gosh! Talk per- about murderers,
1: Yeah, wow.
4: For um, <laughs> Uh, Gillette marketing team, is that right?
1: Yeah, it was for actually the. It, okay, so this is at Go Bananas, and I had been living in LA for a couple of years. And Andy Gibson, who still works at the Peach, he's a brand manager over there. He, he and I. He and I started this thing called – funny because it's true. It's called Standpoint Agency. If you go to StandpointAgency.com, it still exists. It's lain dormant though for a long time, and it's crazy the number of comics we ended up hiring. But brands can hire us, even still in theory, to help them generate insights. Episode one nineteen. Dave Woolert, uh, he came on and talked about Cincinnati Chili. He wrote the book literally on Cincinnati Chili history. I believe that's what is actually. It's called the authentic history of Cincinnati Chili. And we tried to get him on for ages, but he works a Monday through Friday regular job, and he could only work. He could only come on on the weekends. And, uh, but that changed with the pandemic. He, his availability became a little more uh, fluid, I guess, as it were. So we had him on, and we talked about Cincinnati Chili history, and I'm glad I found this clip, because uh, people always, you know, wonder, you know, we know what the big brand in town is, and it's like it's like the band-aid of Cincinnati Chili Skyline is. Everybody calls it Skyline, even if it's Gold Star or Camp Washington or whatever it is. It, people call it Skyline. Well, Skyline didn't come along until, like, the middle of the Cincinnati Chili history in 1948, and Dan Woolard kind of explains how all of the Cincinnati chili parlors have a uh, common ancestor.
0: So it wasn't really until the 1930s that the Chile, Cincinnati chili three-way and cheese coney that we know today was invented. And so a part of uh, the Empress chili model was uh, being located next to uh, theaters. And they were very helpful with all of the immigrants from their country from Macedonia and later Greece that came to Cincinnati in helping them get set up in chili parlors. So every chili parlor today, including both Gold Star and Skyline.
1: Pretty neat, eh? And then speaking of food, we had the food hussy on episode 120. She is what you call uh, an influencer uh, on Instagram, and uh, she talks about food in Cincinnati, and you, we will find out what, what it's like to be an influencer on Instagram, what you need to do, the do's and don'ts. That was uh, some pretty interesting stuff. She talked about some of the clients she worked with and you know, what she has to do for them. We get on to, let me see, episode 121 was a good one with Gary Burbank, my old boss. Uh, interesting episode. Uh, We've tried to get Gary on for years and years, but it's very difficult. He travels back and forth between Florida and Kentucky. And he's still really very busy, oddly, being retired. But uh, talked about sports or consequences, uh, including the time Bob Evans stopped by the studio. That was a fun story. His days at Wacky in Louisville. And then coming to Cincinnati and becoming a big success here. He was very popular in Detroit and in Louisville. But, of course, his career really took off here. But it took off because he had the help of a particular guy.
5: But like a senseless survey, that was not. A whole lot of what you know. I had been pretty good, I guess, you know, and worked at some big stations and stuff. I did well, but I never really shined. I don't think, comedically, until Doc Wolf started with me. The, the, the guy is, is 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 just an absolute comedic genius, and uh, he he was also uh, the B type personality to my A type personality. To where. He he would take me to where I wanted to go and then jump out of the way and let me do that. And, and then I would do a punchline. He, he even though it wasn't written, you know, he, he knew how to. And it's so important, you know, to have someone like that. And, and working with him was just, I mean, absolutely, you know, the
1: high point of my career. So Gary Burbank with some nice thoughts on Doc Wolf. Doc was also a guest last year. Just Google Cincy Shirt's podcast, Doc Wolf. It'll pop right up for you. And uh, Doc had some great stories from the show as well. I think we've had almost everybody on from the Burbank show now, uh, except possibly Princess Leah Burns. We might need to track her down yet. But anyway, the Gary Burbank episode was followed by an episode uh, featuring Cincinnati Library historian and genealogist James Manger. Uh, yeah, that was interesting because, uh, the library, as we found out, uh, a couple of, and a couple of episodes is really a great resource, not just for, you know, getting books and DVDs and things like that, but there's all kinds of cool stuff. You can like, for free, look up your genealogy and all kinds of local history using the library's website, pretty much. So you just go to their website or listen to the episode. James will walk you through it a little bit, but you just go to their website and they'll tell you all you need to know. So that's really cool. Um, all about Columbia Tusculum episode 123. Well, we spoke to Mary Beth Walker, who owns Wilker Design. Right there on Riverside Drive, a.k.a. Eastern Avenue in Columbia-Tusculum. Talked about what's, uh, some of the things going on there and some of the development going on in Columbia-Tusculum. Along with a little bit of history uh, about it as well. And then we get to episode 124 to finish up the first half of the year. Oh, no, the uh, second to last episode of the first half. Uh, Bobby Slattery uh, came in and talked to us. He owns 50 West out there. Uh, it is technically in, well, it's Columbia Township. He's trying to get it into Newtown. He explained why he's trying to get that whole part of... the highway there incorporated into Newtown. But boy, what a great story. I May mean, you ever go out there, we don't have a deal with uh, 50 West. Unfortunately, we probably should be making their t-shirts because we should be making everybody's t-shirts. If you want your t-shirts made by us, Billy D at CincyShirts.com. That's our Billy DeVore. He'll get you sorted. Anyway, uh, but I'm going to go and, and preach a little bit about 50 West. Um, Bobby Slattery, I thought he was just a kid that worked there the first time I went there. He looks just like a kid. He seated us. And I didn't know until later when I saw him like on Skype a couple weeks later doing this interview, that that was him so he's there every day helping out his team he explains you know how the pandemic almost put him out of business how they bounced back all the things they did there just a, a great great story and he's there every day walking the walk talking the talk and uh, in this clip he tells us about uh you know uh well walking the walk i guess you know saying you're going to do something and actually doing it
3: what we're, what, what's happening down at 50 west is something we've been talking about for 10 years and, you know, when you come into meetings and you tell people about what you want to do, I think they all kind of look at you like, yeah, yeah, we'll believe it when we see it. And, and, and now it's all it's all coming true. And now everybody that walks down here, their eyes get big and they go, oh, oh my gosh, like, how, well, this is great. And you're, you know, in your head, you're thinking like, yeah, we've been telling you that for 10 years. It was going to be great. We just, you know, just let us build this thing.
1: So Bobby Slattery from 50 West. Uh, can't recommend them highly enough. Again, they're not a sponsor or anything, but you should go out there. They're doing the social distancing thing uh, really well. I mean, they've got a lot of land there to spread out on, so it's very easy for them to do that. So if you if you really are interested, you probably should be staying home during the pandemic still while we're winding it down, while we're waiting to get the vaccine. But if you have a hankering or you think you're going to go nuts, uh, 50 West you can go to and they're doing everything right there, I can assure you. So episode 125 finished up the first half of the year we had tim perino on he was the executive director of he is the executive director i'm sorry since any landmark productions uh they owned the showboat majestic down there on the river for a number of years they do no longer but uh i always wondered about that he talked about not only running a theater company but also having to be a boat captain basically that was a lot of fun stuff there so if you have any maritime interest there do check out our episode about the show boat majestic so uh So we'll do the second half of 2020 next week, and that'll feature clips from Jeff Ruby, Bob Holtzman, David Wecker, Michael Flannery, Jeff Thomas, Megan Mangiello, and a bunch more. A lot of great episodes in the second half of the year. Now, be sure to tell friends and loved ones about the show, including folks who may no longer live in the area, but still feel connected to the tri-state. If you haven't already, of course, check out the Cincinnati Shirts podcast archives. That's what this whole exercise was all about. Today's show is produced by me with help from Josh and Darren. Our theme music is Cincinnati by Big Nothing There from Philadelphia. Find their music in iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you get your music. Find vintage cheese from great places like Boston, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Louisville, Seattle, Philadelphia, and more at OldSchoolShirts.com. Same as Cincy Shirts. Old restaurants, old teams, all that kind of stuff. Like Cincy Shirts, but for those towns. So if you've moved here from another town and you're hankering for some uh, vintage gear, check it out. If you know someone in another town and you're still looking for a post-Christmas gift, why, do check that out. And let me see here. The promo code for this episode, golly, I guess it's up to me. Uh, Let's just call it, um, oh, I don't know, Unprecedented. (laughs) Unprecedented is the Word of the Year. That'll be the uh, code for this episode. Uh, all one word, obviously. And all lowercase or all uppercase. That part doesn't matter. Use that to take 20% off your entire CincyShirts.com or OldSchoolShirts.com order. Or come into one of the stores in Over the Rhine and Hyde Park and say so you'd like to use the podcast promo code UNPRECEDENTED to get 20% off your entire CincyShirts order. Follow our social channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat for the latest CincyShirts news. Tell your friends about the show. Give us a good review wherever you get the podcast from. And as always, download our stream as next time. Bye. Hey!